Hi there. I'm James. I'm the pastor of the Freedom Moravian Church, and you have found The Essentials. This is a podcast where we take time to talk about our faith, to explore life, and to highlight and celebrate all of the good news and hope that we find. For this episode today, I have for you our scripture passage and sermon from Sunday, July 9th. Our reading came from the Gospel of Matthew. It's chapter 11, verses 16 through 19, and then verses 25 through 30. And this comes from the Common English Bible. To what will I compare this generation? It's like a child sitting in the marketplaces calling out to others. We played the flute for you and you didn't dance. We sang a funeral song and you didn't mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. Yet the human one came eating and drinking, and they say, look, a glutton and a drunk, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved to be right by her works. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have shown them to babies. Indeed, Father, this brings you happiness. My Father has handed all things over to me. No one knows the Son except the Father, and nobody knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son wants to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are struggling hard and carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. Put on my yoke and learn from me, I'm gentle and humble, and you will find rest for yourselves. My yoke is easy to bear, and my burden is light. Here ends the reading of our word. So this was one of those Sundays when I'm not entirely sure how the lectionary writers selected the readings for the day, because it's hard to see exactly how they fit together. In those two passages from Matthew, the first sees Jesus expressing some frustration with the fact that people can be nearly impossible to please. First, he describes how people said John the Baptist had a demon because he didn't eat or drink. And then when Jesus came, both eating and drinking, they called him a glutton and a drunk. It's like, no matter what, sometimes people just won't be happy. And in the second group of verses from Matthew, we hear Jesus offer words that are probably quite familiar to you. He invites people who are tired or struggling to go to him and to find the rest that they need. It doesn't feel like these two chunks of scripture are very related. I'd argue that they'd each be worthy of a sermon on their own. But for today, I want us to spend some time with those last verses from Matthew. I think our American culture and our Christian perspective can actually make it hard to truly embrace these words as Jesus speaking them directly to us. This promise to find rest can be hard for us to accept. 
And that's because rest is a complicated thing in our country and in our culture. Because here people are told to grind, they're told to hustle, you're expected to be busy. There is this expectation that you will work overtime or you'll stay late. We cherish and respect hard work. We lift up stories of people who started with nothing and rose to the top by sacrificing every single day. And in that world, a need to find rest could be viewed as a weakness, as a failure. You could say that if you need rest, you don't want something bad enough, and you clearly aren't willing to do whatever it takes to get it. It's something that can show up a bit in youth sports today, because kids are encouraged to commit to one sport at a very young age. Then they'll play on their school team, and then they'll play on a club team, and They'll have to be ready to practice on any day at any time throughout the entire year for this one sport. And if you aren't willing to drive hours every weekend to play in a tournament, or if you want to try a different sport or take a little break, you fall down the pecking order as the more committed kids pass you up. That rest can be seen as not making the most of the opportunity or not having the required passion. So when Jesus is offering rest to us, we first have to wrestle with this thought that tells us we'd have to be weak to even need that rest. And then, believe it or not, being a Christian, our Christian perspective can make these words from Jesus hard for us to embrace. Because as we worship and as we live out our faith, we often see ourselves as Jesus' hands and feet, and that our lives are meant to be devoted to service and caring for one another. And Christ's message to us is that we should be willing to humble ourselves, that the first should be last, that there's nothing better than one who serves. So in response, we try to tackle the world's problems. We try to improve the lives of the people around us. And that selfless attitude to give and give, it can come from how we view ourselves in relation to the world. I think many of us would say that our lives haven't been easy or they haven't always been problem-free. But we'd say that in comparison to what others have been through or are currently going through, it feels like we have nothing to complain about. And so when Jesus references the people who are tired, the people who are struggling, we usually think of the people we're called to serve. We think of those who are really tired, who are really struggling. And we think that they need this rest more than we do. So when we respond to this passage, we might try to help others gain that rest and peace instead of thinking we could claim it for ourselves. That's the compassionate thing to do, the Christian thing to do, to put the needs of others ahead of our own.
Now, of course, the path of discipleship asks us to lift others up, and our faith in Jesus should inspire those actions of humility, generosity, and love. But we, too, deserve all of the good that we are trying to put into the world. We deserve rest and security. We deserve opportunities to take care of ourselves. And today, Jesus gives us permission to seek rest without the guilt that tries to tell us we don't deserve it. Tells us to pause from taking on the world's problems in order to embrace the comfort that he provides. He's offering to take care of us because he knows how desperately we need his, his care. And he knows how hesitant we are to accept it. Over the past month, I ended up being away from worship at our church for two Sundays in a row. And this was the first time that happened in five years of ministry here. I was gone one weekend to run a marathon, and the following weekend I was gone for synod. And you should have seen the mental gymnastics that I went through to give myself permission to take those two Sundays of rest back to back. First, when we were picking a marathon to run, and this one happened to be the weekend before synod, the very first thing I did was I checked the start time of the race. I saw that we start running at 7.45. I figured three-ish hours to run and then a five-hour back, five-hour drive back to freedom. I could definitely be home by, say, five o'clock on Saturday night. I could make worship on Sunday morning. That'd be fine. And that was my plan until my sister-in-law suggested that we stay in Duluth on Saturday night to celebrate. Notice that it wasn't an idea that I could come up with on my own, and I could only endorse it when someone else got the ball rolling. So once I knew that I'd be gone two Sundays in a row, I leaned very heavily on the fact that Synod only happens once every four years, and I might run one marathon a year. This was a very rare occurrence, and that gave myself permission to be gone. It justified being away. And in the end, I embraced how having this two-week break from preaching would be a nice chance to reset, to recharge, and how me getting that rest would be a gift for our congregation. It got to the point where I was okay with my rest happening if I knew that other people would benefit from it as well. Say that one more time in case that sounds like something you deal with. I was okay taking the rest I needed only if I knew that other people would be able to benefit from it as well. And that is not okay. Because I love my church family very much. I love walking with them and I love preaching on Sunday morning. 
but the rest that I seek and enjoy should be for me because it's something that I need. And I need to be more willing to give myself permission to take those moments of self-care. I know in the long run that a more energized James will be better equipped to be a blessing to our congregation, but that shouldn't be the first motivation towards finding rest in my life. And just to be perfectly clear, any guilt associated with being away or needing time off, that is entirely self-inflicted. I know I have my church's support and love to take the right amount of rest. I know they want me to be doing well physically, mentally, and spiritually. But it still gets caught up in this culture that sees a need for rest as a weakness. And I know that some of you listening face that same struggle. Because how often do you allow yourself to recharge or take time off only because you know it's going to help someone else eventually? Or how often do you ignore the care that you need because someone in your life has greater needs than you do. How many times have we seen caregivers put their own needs second for years for the sake of supporting their spouse, their parents, their siblings, or their children? It doesn't mean that we shouldn't give everything we have to care for them. It just means that when we are in a spirit of service, we can't forget to keep our own cup full as well. Yes, our loved ones will benefit when we have taken proper care of ourselves, but that shouldn't be the only reason we feel we deserve comfort. In this lesson, Jesus is giving us permission today to say that we're tired to say that we're struggling, to say that we need rest, and to not have to convince ourselves that we deserve it. So embrace the love and care that Jesus has for you. The downtime, the quiet, the activities that give you peace and energy, embrace them for you. And erase any guilt that says you should be doing more and more and more. Take time this week to do something for you. And don't defend it. Don't explain it. Don't come up with a thesis statement to rationalize why you're doing it. Just take time for you. Fall into the arms of Jesus, and accept the rest that he provides. Amen. Thank you once again for listening to another episode. If you'd like to learn more about the church that I serve, that's the Freedom Moravian Church. You can check out our website or our Facebook page. You can find us on YouTube to worship with us as well. 
if you want to learn more about the Moravian Church in general. You can learn more at moravian.org. Take care, and I will catch you next time.